name of Jesus. Thank you for waking us up this morning. You close us in our right mind. Father, we don't take it for granted, almighty God, that you watched over us last night and enabled us to do the things that and praise your holy name this morning. Father, I ask in the mighty name of Jesus that would please be in the midst of us right now. Father, we try to praise your holy name this morning. Father, that anything that foolish is in our heart that shouldn't be moving right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Enable us to be in this worship service and truth and in mind. Father, help us to understand. Help us to love. Help us to cherish you, almighty God. I want to thank you for your darling son, Jesus, giving up his life to come down here, almighty God, to give us the opportunity to be able to stand boldly in front of you and proclaim his holy name. Father, bless right now this congregation. Father, bless this city, this state, this country, and this world. Bless the leaders who make decisions, Almighty God. Aim them to have compassion in their heart. Let them know that if they lead them, depend upon thy holy name, Father, they'll be able to make decisions and do the right things in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God, for our shepherd here this morning. Father, continue to let him go deep in thy Holy Spirit. Continue to crown him with knowledge. Continue to give him the vision to lead your, thou people the way thou have him to go. Father, bless right now. Bless right now, Father, those who are in the sick room, a bed of affliction. Bless the ones who are in prison, the unjust. Father, lift, we lift you up in the holy righteous name of Jesus. Thank you for all things. Father, without you, where would we be? Thank you, Almighty God, for what you're going to do, what you have done. Thank you for our going, and thank you for our coming. Father, we praise the holy name this morning. Father, please be in the midst of us right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, we love you, we cherish your holy name. For Christ's sake, we do pray. Amen. This is an old school song that just says, one more time, one more time. <laughs> one more time. He allowed us to come together.
ought to just give him the praise that he's worked. Come on, somebody. He gave us this time, this chance. Hallelujah. Is there anybody that's got a hallelujah in your spirit this morning? Can you tell him, thank you, Jesus? One more time, one more. Say this one more time. another day's journey. Amen. 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 My God, my God. Brother Thickpin, won't you come on and lead us in this worship service? Amen. 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 It's a blessing just to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And that's, he didn't have to allow us another opportunity. He didn't, he didn't have to allow us one more time. We're going to ask that we all get involved in the response of reading followed by the hymn so won't you please stand at this time and may we read together yeah. now that we have been justified by his blood we will be saved through him that is so wonderful I think we'd get put a little more up to it let's do that again please Amen. How, how many of you know for a fact that the blood will never, never lose its power? I want you to sing like that. Amen.
Let's say that one more time. It reaches. We ask you please uh, pray for the sick and shut-in members. And I have on my sheet here um, a person that we need to just remember to pray for, and we still need to do that. But I see him back there already. Stand up, Brother Gross, let I see you. Stand up. Stand up, sir. God bless you. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. He's not going to stop that. He's going to bring him back to us in full glow. Also, we ask that you please pray for the Mack family. There's a very, very sick person that, uh, that's in that particular family. We ask you to please pray. Also, ask you pray for Mr. Watson, uh, feeling much better, but at, still need the pray, uh, prayers of the church. Amen? Also, ask you to pray for Brother Alan Jones. He is going through a rough time, and I know that one of the family members are here this morning. But we ask you just pray, and then pray one for another. Amen? Amen. If you do that, the Lord will hear. Amen. This time now, we're going to get some additional announcements from the media. Media, you're on. Good morning, Cade Chapel. The 2019 Bike Blessing and Antique Car Show will take place here at Cade on Sunday, March the 24th from 3 to 5 p.m. That's on today. Bikers, please meet at the Medical Mall at 2 p.m. There will be kids' activities, including a space jump and face painting and vendor space as well. For more information, Please contact Reverend Marvin Powell or Serena Wilson. And on next Saturday, come out to enjoy our Spring Festival. This event will take place on March the 30th from 10 to 2 on the Cage Apple parking lot. Come out for a space jump, a bull ride, cotton candy, hot dogs, popcorn, and so much more. We look forward to seeing you and all of your friends. And join us at 4 p.m. on March the 30th for a scholarship benefit concert in honor of Jayla Gray featuring the Alcorn State Concert Choir. Admission is free and donations are accepted. Our annual Family Day celebration will take place here at Cade on Sunday, March the 31st during the 11 o'clock worship service. The Deaconess Ministry, the Deacons and the Deaconess are always grateful to those of you who volunteer to support this event. If you'd like to volunteer this year, please contact Sister Donna Sims or Sister Kanisha Duvall. And you can purchase your 2019 Family Day t-shirt today in the Old Fellowship Hall Orders are being taken, and the price is only $10 for t-shirts sizes small through large, and an extra dollar for each X above that. So XLs are 11, 2X 12, 3X 13, and so forth. Please see any member of the youth department for an order form and to submit your orders. T-shirts will be available for pickup on Wednesday and Sunday. Attention all K-Chapel adults, this announcement is not for you. The Youth Council will host an Easter egg hunt for children ages 5 through 12 after the 11 o'clock worship service on Sunday, April the 21st. So grab your baskets and we'll see you outdoors. 
If you signed up for the women's shopping day trip, please stop by the Old Fellowship Hall and pick up your itinerary for the trip. The Nate Ruffin 5K Walk and Run, as well as a health fair, will take place on Saturday, April the 20th, beginning at 7 a.m. at the Smith Park in downtown Jackson. For more information and to sign up, please see any member of the scholarship board. We need you to help us help others. Youth for Christ is collecting foil and Ziploc bags and men's shower shoes to donate to a local shelter. So, come on, Katie Chapel. Please support us. I know you're excited about donating, so let us tell you how. Just drop off your items in the label box in the old fellowship hall. Thank you for you for please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen. I know you got that, didn't you? <laughs> Amen. God bless you. At this time, we want to just recognize our visitors. We know that we have some individuals here that are not yet members of this family, so we're going to ask if you would please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, please stand up. Amen. Stand up, visitors. I don't believe it's all. Amen. Oh, I told you. Okay. Amen. Come on. There's some more you. out there. God bless you. God bless Amen. you. Amen. Come on. Come on. All come right. on. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Reggie Buck, that Pastor, pastor Emeritus, and the whole entire KJF family. Just so happy you chose to worship us today. If you just visit, please come anytime to get your life. But if by chance you're looking for a church home before you leave today, we're going to try to convince you to just find home. Why we're going to give you something you can only get here at KJF Mission Baptist Church. This is our fellowship here. We want you to reach out and welcome your neighbor. Welcome to K-Chapel.
seated. You may be seated. Amen. Did you greet your neighbor? Did you greet your neighbor? The person right next to you? You, you smiled at them real big? Amen. You told them it was good to be sitting next to them? You didn't lie to them, did you? All right, all right, all right. Amen, 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 amen. Listen, it, it is, spring is here, and, and we are kicking it off at K Chapel in big fashion. It's, it's a busy time of year, and, and on yesterday, on yesterday, some, a couple of wonderful events took place right here at K Chapel. Her prom closet uh, took place in our gymnasium, and what a wonderful event that was where uh, young ladies were treated to, to be able to say yes to the dress, yes to her prom dress. Uh, it was a wonderful event that Vinnett Jones out of uh, Memphis came and partnered with us and our own uh, Colonel Martha Oliver uh, was, was spearheading that event. I don't know if she's here this morning, but what a wonderful job that was. And to see those young ladies uh, trying on those dresses and their faces beaming when they came out saying, this is my dress, this is my, it was just a great event. And so we're thankful for, to, to Colonel Oliver again for helping to sponsor that event. We look forward to building that uh, in future years and, and making that an, a, a, a wonderful event for the city of Jackson. Also, our young people, I see some of our youth directors and, and youth leaders here this morning. They had a long day yesterday, but they're here this morning. Went to New Orleans uh, to see the Alvin Ailey dancers in, in production on, on yesterday evening. Got back about 2 o'clock this morning. Amen. And I, and I see some of them here right now. Amen. Amen. Don't tell me we don't have some good youth directors and youth leaders and everything else. Amen. We thank God for that. And, uh, and, then, and then on next Saturday, next Saturday is the uh, Spring Festival. Spring Festival, uh, you know, we, we do it in big style here at K Chapel. And the, the entire public is invited to come. Uh, there's going to be game, game trucks and food. And, and understand we got uh, reptiles coming this year. I don't know in what form. So, amen. All I was told was reptiles. The reptile man is coming. I don't know what that means. Amen. And I don't know what he's bringing but it should have some scales on it. So yeah, I'm just warning you right now, amen. He's coming, amen, amen. So do put that on your calendar. That's on next week. This, this afternoon, starting at what time? What time is the black bike blessing? Three o'clock, three o'clock. We have the bike blessing and our antique car show. Is that right? That's gonna be in the parking lot right here. You, you ain't got no tie on. What you got on under there? You got on a, yeah, you got his biker vest on. That's, I should have known. I should have known. He's ready to get on his bike. Amen. So all the bikers are going to be here this afternoon at 3 p.m. and an antique car show. So the public is invited to that as well. Amen. 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 We can see some good cars and some and some good bikes as well. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Listen, it, it saddens me. It saddens me to, to say that this weekend, or actually on yesterday, uh, in, in, in the preaching community, in the Christian, the church community, we lost a giant of a leader on yesterday, uh, Dr. Charles Booth uh, out of Columbus, Ohio, uh, Mount Olivet Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Now, you, you may not know him, um, but some of you do. Some of you do, because back in the 80s, back if you were here in the 80s, uh, he came here and preached a revival, and then he preached over at Mount Helm as well. He and Dr. Levi Baldwin, when Dr. Baldwin was the pastor at Mount Ham, we're good friends. And the interesting thing about that was I, I remembered him when I was a boy, uh, seeing him and hearing him preach. And, and when, I, uh, when I became a, a preacher, called myself a pastor, you know, I was still learning how to pastor. 
um, I had the privilege of, of meeting him again in, 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 in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, I was pastoring a young pastor, and, and, and I reminded him of coming to Jackson, and he immediately remembered being here, immediately remembered the fellowship that he had here, and, and, and the, the wonderful, uh, warm relationship that we had just over those few nights of sharing and preaching together. He's a one, he was a wonderful man, a wonderful gentleman, but a wonderful voice for the, for the, for the church of God. And, and uh, we're going to sorely miss him. His voice is, is he's a masterful preacher. Um, and if you, if you have not heard him, you, you ought to Google him this afternoon and, and, and be inspired by the words of Dr. Charles Booth. But be in prayer for the Booth family, uh, for the Mount Olivet uh, Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio, as they grieve uh, the loss of this great pastor. God bless you. We're going to do something here just for a moment, and I'll probably get in trouble, but that's all right. Um, but Pat, would you please stand up? Do y'all know this young man? Turn around, please, and look at us. <laughs> See, you, some of you don't know this. Miss Pat, where are you? Stand up. Come on down here front. Let us see you. Come on. Come on down here. Hurry up. Now turn around. This is Mr. and Mrs. Pat. Amen. God bless you. <laughs> I'll tell you, I did. you can go now. <laughs> wonderful, gangster wonderful. <laughs> gangster. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful couple. Amen. We got to be a good example for them. Amen. God bless you. This time now we're going to pause for a time now of a service where we all can participate. We ask to just remind you that there is word from the pulpit. We ask you to prepare to give now that you've been so blessed. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, of a truth, I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast into the offerings of God. But she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. May the Lord add his blessings to the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his holy word. Choir, ushers.
fejre.
sometimes you just have to declare what you're going to do. I will sing. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily in response to anything. But I will sing. Hallelujah. Not because everything is going the way I want it to, but I've got to will myself to do what I know God deserves. The psalmist simply said, I will bless the Lord at all times because he recognized that every day would not be sunshiny. But even in that, I will still sing hallelujah. I will still bless his holy name. I will still give him the glory that he so rightfully deserves. And so we sing. We sing, we shout, and we thank God for who he is and all that he does. While you're turning in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 11, I want to ask that you also be in prayer for Reverend Leroy Harrington. Reverend Harrington lost his sister on yesterday, uh, Luella Harrington, and we ask that you be in prayer for that family. Uh, we don't have details uh, regarding services at this point, but we certainly will share them with you when we are made aware, but continue to lift up Brother Reverend Leroy Harrington and family. First Corinthians chapter number 11. I want to begin reading at verse number 17. There you will find these words. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. But first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When ye come together therefore into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper, for in eating, every one taketh before other his own supper. One is hungry, and another is drunken. I'm going to skip down to verse number 27 now. 27, picking up with verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I, I want to draw your attention this morning to the table before us. I ask that you consider with me from this thought, sin and the Lord's Supper. Sin 
and the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is one of the two ordinances that we as a New Testament church observe and practice according to the instructions of Jesus Christ our Lord. Both, both ordinances, the Lord's Supper and baptism, are things that Jesus directly instructs the church to do as a community of believers that identify ourselves with him. Here at Cade, over the years, we have observed the Lord's Supper on the fourth Sunday of each month. Scripture does not give us any directives about the frequency with which we should observe it. Neither does Scripture provide a calendar date on which we should observe this meal. We are only told by Christ to do this in his remembrance. In remembrance of the sacrifice of his body, do this. In remembrance of the substitute of his death for ours, do this. In remembrance of our sin debt that was paid in full once and for all by the spilling of his blood, do this. We observe and share today the Lord's Supper. I want to try and bring your attention to this table and to this meal that we shall share momentarily in a more personal and a more poignant way because I think that we can sometimes be too casually and too flippantly uh, in our experiences of this memorial meal. In fact, that's what was happening with the church at Corinth, which is why Paul took the time to address it in this letter. He wants to provide for the Corinthian believers, and in so doing, he provides for us a deeper understanding about this meal, about its meaning, about our mindset, and about our morality in approaching it. Because what Paul wants to impress upon the Corinthian church is that this is a significant part of our faith tradition as we practice it, and it must be treated as such. The Lord's Supper is not just some 10-minute add-on that we do once a month at the end of service. The Lord's Supper is not just some religious ritual that we periodically practice to bring some heft to our religious experience, but the Lord's Supper is something that speaks to the kind of life that we live as Christians. This supper, then, is not separate or is not a separate experience from the reality of our lives, but it is rather to be an indicator or an indication of the life that we live as believers. This supper is to represent our living. When properly experienced, this supper should cause us to see ourselves more clearly and address our sin more directly. Yes, the white linens are beautiful to look at. But we should also see as we partake of this meal, we should see our sin more clearly. Seems like the church has forgotten about sin. We seem to preach about everything and teach about everything else but sin. We seem to want to talk about everything else except keeping sin at the forefront, but 
But Paul is very clear in this letter to the Corinthian church, and he is clear to us that as a church, we've got to deal with the sin problem. There's no need of us running away from it. No need of us acting like we got it under control. The reality is all of us are sinners. And we still deal with it from time to time. And that's what Paul's message to the Corinthian church in this text is about. It's about how we approach this table when we know we are full of sin. And don't act like you're not. How do you approach this table when you know you messed up? Don't look at me like that. You messed up too. How, how do we deal with it? And so, and so Paul, Paul, Paul puts it right in front of us. He, he makes us and he confronts us with our sin issue and says to us, we can't do both. So the church at Corinth had some problems. It was a young church. It was full of young believers in a metropolitan city. Challenges were everywhere for these young Christians. The culture in which they live exposed them to a mixture of thoughts and philosophies and behaviors and lifestyles consistent with metropolitan living. And these behaviors and lifestyles had crept into the church. Paul understood the seriousness of sin upon the soul of man and within the body of believers. And you recall that he likened sin to a little leaven that spoils or leavens the whole loaf. And you remember what Paul said, if you got little in the church, you can't leave it there. You got to get it out because it'll mess up the whole church. Paul's position then when it came to sin in the church was to deal with it directly. For to neglect to do so would call the church to become an impotent body, a powerless people, and a, with a weakened witness before the world. But what I appreciate so about this text is the fact that Paul links our practice of the Lord's Supper to the presence of sin and says that in order for us to eat at this table, in order for us to gather around this table, in order for us to eat the elements from off of this table, we cannot continue to practice sin. Eating this meal from this table requires that we take a moral inventory of our lives to confront the sin where it exists. And if we're going to eat this meal in a manner that is consistent with the person and personality of Jesus Christ, then Paul challenges us in several ways. First of all, he challenges us to deal with divisions within the body. That's number one. He says, if you're, going to come, if you're going to eat from this table, you've got to deal with the divisions within the body. Listen to Paul's words again. He says in verse 18, well, first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it, for there must also be heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Paul, in this text, in this passage, calls out the fact that they are dividing themselves, these young Christians are dividing themselves into different classes of people. The haves and the have-nots. 
wannabes and to think they are. They are separating themselves into different classes. And as such, they are now giving honor and respect to some and no honor and respect to others. In essence, what Paul says to us is that we cannot come to this table practicing classism. I'm going to let that sink in a moment. We cannot come to this table, watch this, preferring some over others. We cannot come to this table in our own groups. We cannot come to this table and only deal with those who live in our same zip code. We cannot come to this table and only associate with those who are on our level. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. We cannot come to this table and only deal with the educated folk. We cannot come to this table and keep classism a part of our experience. We cannot eat from this table, putting people in different groups and associating with certain people and leaving others out of our social circles. God is not pleased with such. It is not of God. People are worthy not because of their social status, not because of their wealth, not because of their occupation, not because of their education, not because of their zip code. They are worthy because they were created in the very image of God. And if you too be, To deal with any and everybody. You need to check yourself before you come to this table. If you think you're better than the person next to you or behind you, you need to check yourself before you eat from this table. Paul says, I hear that you are classifying yourselves and dividing yourselves and there are heresies among you and it should not be so in the church. In order to eat from this table, we must realize that we all are sinners saved by grace. All of us have had to kneel under the shadow of the cross in order to eat from this table. All of us have been washed by the same blood of the Lamb. And there's no reason for us to separate ourselves when the blood brings us together. We cannot properly eat this supper with superficial divisions in place that keep us from connecting with each other, serving one another, sharing with one another, and ministering with one another. No divisions among us. That means, watch this, that means around this table, we don't care about your title. Y'all don't, don't like that. that. That means around this table, drop the titles. Around this table, don't, don't tell me about your degrees. Around this table, don't tell me where you work. Around this table, I don't care how, what your political office is. Around this table, it doesn't matter who you are in the world. Around this table, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Around this table, I'm your brother. 
You mothers are my sister. You deacons are my brothers. We have no titles around this table. We are children of God. There are no divisions among us. Secondly, Paul says, if you're going to eat from this table, then you've got to confront the sin of improper focus. If you're going to eat from this table, you've got to confront the sin of improper focus. Listen to his words in verse number 20. He says, when you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before his own, his, before other his own supper. Paul says, you're coming together, but you have the wrong focus and the wrong agenda. He says, you're coming together, but you're coming together primarily, primarily to eat. Paul says you've got the wrong focus when you come to the table. And we are hence challenged, watch this, to consider what our agenda is in this observance. Say it another way. Watch this. What's on your mind when it's time for this meal? What are you focused on when we're taking communion? This is time for you to think now. What, what, what is on your mind when, when these deacons gather around this table and these ministers come down uh, from this dais and, and we all pray and we then begin to distribute these elements? What is on your mind? How long is it going to take them this week? What's on your mind? That claw crooked again. What's on your mind? What's on your mind? What's on your mind? Is it the mechanics of how it is done? What's on your mind? Is it something out of place? What's on your mind? What has caused or distracted your attention from this moment? Our focus, our focus, though this is a ceremony, yes, that is filled with many moving pieces and moving parts, our focus, our focus should be on the substitution of his body and his blood for ours. Where is your mind when we eat this meal? Upon what is your focus? What are you thinking about? What, 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 what do you see? What do you feel? What do you experience? Are you, watch this, are you fully here? Or are you just waiting to get through with it? Paul says, you, you've come and you've got the wrong focus and the wrong agenda. You've got to refocus your mind to what it is that we're doing. And it's about the body and the blood and the sacrifice of our Savior for our sins. And nothing else should be on your mind at that moment. There was another problem that Paul identifies in this verse. He said, verse 21, For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper. Everyone taketh before other his own supper. Everyone taketh before other his own supper. Supper. And so the real problem was not only did they have the wrong focus in eating, but they weren't even sharing their meals with each other. 
They were eating their own meals, which further exasperated the disparity that existed between the haves and the have-nots. And Paul admonishes the third problem, which was a selfish and gluttonous spirit. In other words, he says, listen, you cannot come to this table being selfish. You cannot come to this table with a gluttonous spirit. And hear me, gluttony is not just about what you eat, but a gluttonous spirit considers your mentality about life itself. A gluttonous spirit is only concerned about the self. And you cannot, Paul says, eat from this table thinking only about yourself. Considering only your feelings and only your wants and only your needs and only your positions. We are asked to consider others more than ourselves. Consider other people's feelings, other people's opinions, other people's situations, other people's concerns, other people's problems, other people's issues and what somebody else is going through. When you come to this table, it is not time for you to be absorbed with yourself but to consider one another. So don't come to this table with a woe is me spirit. These Corinthians were thinking only of themselves and Paul says to them and to us that we cannot partake of this meal with a gluttonous spirit. Self-centered. Paul isn't finished. He hears that there is an overindulgence in food which lends itself to another problem. Drunkenness. Says, for in eating, verse 21, for in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and the other is drunken. Here is the tragedy of this. Paul says that some among you are overeating, while others in your company are going hungry. Some of you are overeating, and somebody right next to you doesn't have enough to eat. And you're partaking the Lord's Supper and it's not impacting how you treat one another. Y'all don't hear me. You're taking the Lord's Supper, you're eating from the same table, but it's not impacting how you share your resources with each other. He says that's one thing, but the other thing is the, 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 the overindulgence of the food is now leading to drunkenness because the more you eat, the more you drink. Paul says, your overindulgence has actually caused you to become drunk. I know some of you are thinking, Reverend, I ain't never came to this church drunk. You ain't talking to me. I got that part licked. You may not have come here drunk with wine, but some of us have come here intoxicated intoxicated by our own self-importance, drunken by our own egocentric selves. Success has made some of us drunk. Power has caused some of us to be drunk. Money has caused some of us to be drunk. And we cannot come to this table full of ourselves. Drunk on what we've done where we've been, and who we think we are. 
drunk. Finally, you cannot come to this table and eat of this meal until you conduct a moral inventory. Until you conduct a moral inventory. Verses 27 to 29, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. There it is. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Paul says we should not come to this table and eat this meal in an unworthy manner, but we should all examine ourselves. What does that mean? That means that I'm examining myself. Watch this. Not, not to see, not to see, not to see if... If, if I'm good enough to eat from this table. But to do an assessment of what I need to confess. Because please understand, none of us is moral enough to warrant our own worthiness to have a seat at this table. No, you, you're not that good that you deserve to eat from this table. But, but what Paul says is that all of us should engage in a moral inventory. That means we all need to ask ourselves some questions. Now, I'm, I'm through, but I'm going to raise these questions for you. Because as we approach this meal and approach this table, these are some of the questions you ought to be raising and thinking about to do a moral inventory. Question number one. Are there divisions that need to be reconciled? Are there tensions in my relationships that require resolution, restitution, or reconciliation? This is just about divisions now. Are there people that I need to forgive or people from whom I need to seek forgiveness. You need to think about that before you come to this table. Where are the divisions in your relationships that you need to repair and reconcile? And how are you going to go about it? Yeah, you ain't going to shout today. If you're going to eat from this table, you've got to ask yourself the question, where is there tension and friction and fracture that I must repair? That's number one. Where are there divisions that need to be reconciled? Number two, taking this moral inventory, ask yourself the question, am I distracted from the main thing? Has something else taken my attention? Is my mind somewhere else? Am I fully present? Am I focused on the meaning of this meal and the condition of my heart so that I might eat from this table? Am, am I fully engaged? Is my mind focused on the point of this meal? Or am I really somewhere else? And has this meal in my faith simply become a 10-minute tag on. 
Number three, number three, number three. These are things you need to ask yourself before you come to this table. Have I made room in my reality for other people? Do I think about other people's feelings? Do I consider other people's conditions? Do I think about other people's circumstances and other people's perspectives? Or is everything about me? Am I too self-absorbed? Do I, do, I think about, do I think about not what I'm giving to people, but what are people giving to me? Do I truly consider others or do I only fight to make sure that my needs and my wants are met and my viewpoints and my positions are valued? Or am I really thinking about what other people are thinking about? See, because if I don't do this, then I can get drunk on myself. I can get drunk on my own thoughts. Watch this. And I'll then begin to think that I'm the only one who has good thoughts. Don't nobody else know what they're doing. Y'all to be glad I'm a member of this church. <laughs> you drunk. Yeah, and that's the last thing. Have I become intoxicated by my own self-importance or inebriated by my own ego? Do I think too highly of myself? Because conceitedness is a barrier from this table. Take this moral inventory. Think about it. Are there divisions that need to be reconciled? Are you distracted from the main purpose of this table? Have you made room for the reality of other people? Have you become intoxicated by your own self-importance? All of which are sins that keep us from receiving this Lord's Supper. And Paul says, you can't come to this table any old kind of way. But the stuff that you're aware of, you need to confess it. The stuff that you can fix, you need to fix. You need to get it right. You need to take time before we take elements from this table. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Give you his peace. I want to give you a moment. Someone perhaps is ready to give their lives to Christ. And I remember when, <laughs> remember when I was a child and deacons would pass tray around and I'd be sitting there sometimes next to my mother or sometimes next to some other adult before I had given my life to Christ I just watched the tray go by y'all remember that I'd be waiting for when I could put my hand in the in the tray I asked my mama dad why can't I why can't I have none there's plenty in there. Amen. 
he said to me, because this meal, this meal is about your faith. And it's reserved for those who have faith in Jesus Christ. And when you confess Jesus Christ, this meal will become a part of your faith experience too. I want to invite someone who has yet to accept Christ into their lives. Someone who has yet to open your heart and say yes to the Lord. I, I want to give you the opportunity to, to come now and say, you know what? I want this fellowship, this newness of life, this new reality where God is my father, where Jesus is my savior, where the Holy Spirit is my comforter and my keeper. I've heard about it. I believe it, but I just haven't taken the necessary steps to seal it. And here are the steps. Paul says this, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you're here this morning and you're ready to do both of those, confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart, I want to invite you to come this morning that we would be brothers and sisters, dropping all the titles, no divisions. We are one in Christ. And we'd love to be your brothers and sisters in this faith. If you're here this morning, the doors of the church are open. That simply means you can come right now and meet us here and take one of these seats as we introduce you to Christ. If you've already given your life to Christ, but you don't have a church home, if, you, if you're without a pastor, if you've not formally sealed this relationship where, where, where you're holding the hand of a pastor and, and we are brothers and sisters formally through church membership, I want to invite you to come because membership still matters. Amen, somebody. Membership still matters. If you're here this morning, we invite you to come. The doors of the church are open. Won't you come now? Accept this invitation.
church say amen let's say amen again we have two who are coming to join us under their christian experience little sister loving and sister singleton is that right amen god bless you both are coming under your christian experience that means that you both have accepted the lord jesus christ as your personal savior is that correct that's correct sure you have amen and you both have been baptized is that right yep all right <laughs> it is church except just remember you're gonna be a faithful member yes i Right. God bless you. God bless you. We want you to go with one of our members of the orientation committee. They will get you registered in new members orientation that you might come to study how we live out our faith here at K Chapel. Welcome to K Chapel. God bless you. Welcome to K Chapel. God bless you. Why don't you go here? If you'll gather around. She's coming for prayer and interceding on behalf of family. Oh, most holy God, we come now to intercede for one who is interceding for another, dear God. For you said when one when two or three are gathered, you will be in the midst. And dear God, we believe that you're here with us right now. So dear God, we ask that you pour out your spirit. We ask that you pour out your spirit on all of us, that spirit of helpfulness in order that we can help this sister who is before us help the one that she is interceding for. And dear God, we know that when we witness for you, we know you will be with us. For you said in your word, you'd never leave us or forsake us. So we're calling upon you now to wrap your arms around her and wrap your arms around us in order that we support one another. For we know that with you all will be well. For we ask right now that your will will be done. And we ask that you hear us now, dear God. This prayer that's uttered in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let every heart in the building say amen, amen, and amen.
as our deacons gather around, I'm giving you an opportunity now to take that moral inventory. Are there relationships that need to be restored, reconciled? Divisions that need to be brought together? Tensions that need to be resolved? Are there distractions that are keeping you from focusing on this moment and the sacrifice of our Savior for your sins? Have you emptied yourself of yourself? so that you don't come to this table drunken with your own ego, drunken with your own self-importance. Take the moral inventory. Is there sin unconfessed in your life? Lord, now shine your light from heaven upon our souls, and if you find anything that should not be, take it out, O oh God. Direct our thoughts focus our minds that we would praise you praise you O oh God for your selfless sacrifice sending your son for our sins thank you Lord that through him we have life thank you God that through his death we have life in Jesus name us who's sensitive to gluten. Uh, we do have gluten-free wafers available. If you identify yourself, Deacon Morris will serve you accordingly. If you have a gluten sensitivity, uh, we do have gluten-free wafers available. Simply identify yourself, so you'll be served. Let us praise God together.
took bread, break it, and blessed it, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Likewise, after the same manner, he took the cup and blessed it, saying, This is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sin. As often as we do this, we do show forth his death and suffering until he comes again. Let us drink together. When they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives.
Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you and go in peace.